Hello, America. This is The Daily Answer and your host, Mark Dunnigan. Let's talk about Pronto Pubs. The little town in which I grew up was located about 11 miles or so from the annual location for what they called the Big One. And this was the name given to the state fair. Most of the counties had their own regional fair. But this would be the state fair, typically the last two weeks of August in Oregon, uh, and it would end on Labor Day. The first year that my mom took my younger brother and I berry picking, she decided to reward us at the end of picking, well, strawberries, marionberries, loganberries, boysenberries, then thornless blackberries, and then finally green beans or pole beans. And she decided to reward us with a trip to the fair. The night before our departure, my younger brother and myself both set out $20, $20 each for the excursion. When the next day arrived, we had put the 20s back and we pulled out a 10. I'm taking a 10, you're taking a 10. For the entire time, I'm not sure if we were there three, four hours, neither one of us spent a dime. A dollar bill after a summer of picking strawberries and everything else had become as big as a bedspread to us. Neither of us, I mean, wanted to spend anything. And we'd become a little judgmental about watching the other kids, especially the city kids, spending money on rides, games of chance, or games where you had no chance. I think that's a better description. Games where you have no chance on the midway for various plastic trinkets. In our eyes on that trip, my younger brother and I were watching all the fools. Here's all the fools. Here's Pinocchio on Pleasure Island getting fleeced, about ready to turn into donkeys. We were the two old country farmers on their yearly trip to the city who were guarded and suspicious about anyone wanting to sell us anything and who had brought their lunch with them at a gunny sack. That summer working had produced two of the biggest tightwads in the world. And mom, mom kept, kept asking us, uh, do you want something to eat? No. Do you want something to drink? No. Do you want to go on a ride? No. Well, would you like to pitch dimes? No. And when she bought something, even for us, we both piped up rather loudly, you're not spending my money, are you? You're not spending our money. Over time, I would ease up. But the money I made that first summer picking berries set in a bank account for years and was not spent until, oh, maybe a decade or so later after I had married. After I started working during high school and had a car, I would make frequent trips to the fair. Usually, I would go in the early evening around five or six enjoy that golden time that window of about two or three hours before the sunset the day would have begun to cool a little breeze might come up and there i was at the fair surrounded by all the wonderful sights smells and sounds i would walk the entire fairgrounds see the farm animals have a scone or two pitch some dimes for cheap glasses in the midway the only game of chance i ever played and watch people on the rides. I really enjoyed watching the barkers, the men who are trying to sell knives, kitchen gadgets, or salsa makers. 
I would love just standing and hearing their pitch or spiel as they delivered one pun, corny joke, or insult to the crowd after another. I remember the guy selling the slicer dicer, and he always said that Johnson & Johnson, the people who made the Band-Aids, had also invented the cheese grater. Then came dinner, and so here's my theory. And you know what? There is quite a debate online about this, particularly in Minnesota. Uh, online, online, the difference between a corn dog and a pronto pup. And online, what I'm finding is that here's what they're saying. They're, they're saying that the difference between a corn dog and a pronto pup is the batter. And that is that pronto pups are made with a pancake batter and corn dogs use a cornbread batter. I mean, that's what that's what they're claiming online. That's 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 what's going on there. And you know what? That might be completely true. But I have a different theory, at least at the, in, in the part of the country that I grew up in, in Oregon. It seemed like to me where I lived, a corn dog was more of an item that was mass produced. And they were basically all the same shape and size. And it just seems like some plant back in Iowa made all of them or whatever. And you, you could get you could get one at a Dairy Queen, you could get one at a Sonic and other fast food places. But to me, the Pronto Pup is something different. It was like a corn dog in the wild. It was the untamed version. And when I was growing up, and probably this has changed since then, but the only place that I could ever find this was at the state fair, like once a year. And they were hand dipped. And, and which meant that each one of them looked a little different from another. They, they were a little bit misshapen and they might have a tilt to them like the leading tower Pisa. You know, mine's going left, yours going right. And they, they might have a bulge here or there. And hot out of the fryer is exactly how they were served. Now, I have been to fairs since then, carnivals, fairs, etc., and I will see something like them, but often they'll be piled up in a glass case like logs at a lumber mill ready to be sawn. To me, no, no, no. A true pronto pup is something so good that people are buying them right out of the fryer. At least in my experience at the state fair and kind of the booth that I typically would always go to, the crew dipping and frying the pronto pups were never able to get ahead and stockpile anything. Man, you you got the one that was handed to you was the one that just was the one that just came out of the fryer. And I also here was another theory I had. I also avoided food concession stands that, yeah, they claim to sell the Pronto Pup, but they also sold hamburgers, tacos, deep and a deep fried brick of French fries. And I avoided those. I, I wanted to go to that one booth or maybe a couple booths at the fair that all they did was Pronto Pups. They didn't do anything else. We don't do burgers. We don't do tacos. We don't do fries. We do Pronto Pups. And here was the other clue. When you went up to order, right by the stack of napkins was like a gallon-sized jar of mustard. And it might have one or two paintbrushes in it. 
that's a real prana pump. A real prana pump you paint your mustard on. Now, I would always burn my mouth in the process. I just could not wait for the thing to cool down. And to this day, I still burn my mouth, always in the same place on certain foods. Typically, really good pizza, clam chowder at the coast that has a, a pat of butter in it and a little stream of butter is running off the bowl and a little bit of cracked pepper and some paprika, paprika on top. Yeah, uh, real clam chowder. Real clam chowder is supposed to have a little pond of butter, melted butter on top of it. Now, I, I just don't understand places that don't realize that. Hey, if you're going to make clam chowder, make it right. Or a baked potato right out of the oven with a crisp skin on it. Deep fried mozzarella cheese sticks. Yeah. And the prano puff. I will not wait for any of those to cool down. You know, parents often told us that we would appreciate something much more when we had to work and earn it like, like a bike. You appreciate a bike more if you have to earn it. I believe that time and experience has proven that pretty much to be true. Yet, here's something else I learned. When you have to work for something and pay for it with your own money, you are in a better position to evaluate what has your attention. I mean, when it's your money, your folding money, your dollar bills that you've sweated for, all of a sudden, it seems like that you have a clearer perspective on the value of whatever you're looking at. It's a little bit like government. That is, you know, it's really easy to spend other people's money. And I think that's one of the temptations of government officials. It's easy to spend money that's not your money, money that you did not work for. Oh, it's really easy to do that. Now, if that was your money in that account, you would definitely be spending it differently. That year, with my own money in my pocket, I saw everything now in a different light. And I saw the true value or non-value of what was out there. I, I try, saw the true limited nature of all the things made of plastic at the fair. You know, when it, when it took you an hour or two to make a couple of bucks, and you did it during the heat of the day. That shiny little plastic sword or whatever, all of a sudden doesn't look as impressive. Hey, you know, am I willing to trade that for two hours of hard work in the sun? No, no, it doesn't have that value. You know, when, you, when you're going to the store or to the fair with your own money, everything looks different. You take a deeper look. A lot of the glitz is worn off. Much like when you finally take ownership for your own soul. When you finally do that, then temptations that seemed insurmountable suddenly are brought into their true light. And... And what I mean by that, it's a little bit like that statement over in Hebrews chapter 11, 24 through 26, that Moses, 
Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin for a season. When you finally take ownership of your own eternal destiny and your soul, it's kind of like having your own money in your pocket. Like, well, I'm not going to buy that. That's just cheap junk. And that's the same thing true of, well, I'm not going to yield to that temptation because all that is is cheap, counterfeit joy. That's all that is. You know, it really makes a big difference. One of the greatest lessons that my mom taught me was teaching me how to work. And in the process of... You know what? There's really no way that you can teach your children the value of a dollar. Like, I think there are parents that try to teach their children the value of money or budgeting without having them work. And that's really like an impossibility. The only way that you can really appreciate the value of money, and particularly your money, is that you have to work for it. Man, if you have kids that are not cleaning up your room and they're leaving their toys around and they're breaking their toys and they're being careless with their toys, etc. They're not taking care of the bike you bought them. Maybe they need to start doing some chores and working for their toys. And I think all of a sudden they might appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, when somebody else is just buying it, when somebody else is just paying the bills or whatever, it's kind of like a rental house too. A lot of people did not take good care of a rental house, but if all of a sudden they own the house, that makes a big difference. That makes a big difference. Well, hopefully in the near future, I will find me a pronto pump. Something else that you might want to look into or research. According to online, the actual pronto pump was invented in Rockaway, at Rockaway Beach, Oregon. And there was a stand there last time I was through there. And I guess it was named for the speed of the cooking process and is marketed as the original corn dog. But again, in my mind, a pronto pup and a corn dog are two different things. One of them is a dime a dozen. You can find it anywhere, all mass produced. The other one mm, is a rare treat. To be painted with a brush with mustard and no ketchup, you guys, no ketchup, mustard only. What's this ketchup thing on a pronto pub? I don't get that. Mustard only. And eaten hot, right out of the fryer. And if you don't burn your mouth, it wasn't the right thing. Until next time, this is Mark, your host for The Daily Answer. We will see you in the funny papers or maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see you by the pronto pub stand at the fair, which should be not too far from the stand for the scones. <laughs>